Elder Gwen Cohen, and welcome back to The Prophet's Voice. We are excited, of course, as I always say, to be here to have great conversation. I am here with the podcast engineer of the century, the one and only Marcus Mooney with Opay Media Group. Hey, Marcus, how (laughs) are you? Hello, how are you? I am good. I am good. I need everybody to know that he is the one that is here behind the scenes. You're going to be seeing him in some of our podcasts because I don't want him to stay behind the scenes, (laughs) but he is one, I think, uh, uh, relevant, relevant brother today for the prophet's voice and for us to come together. We have been going through, as you know, my book, Real Life, Real Time, Real Talk with a Very Real God. A lot of reels in there. I think it's time (laughs) for us to be really real with God. Yes. And so you can find this book on Amazon along with my latest book, Life Words, 10 Spoken Messages for Everyday Challenges. You just put in when you go to Amazon, Gwen Hester Cohen, and both of them will come up. But today, during this period of time, we're going to be going through each chapter of real life, real time, real talk with a very real God. I just am grateful that you are tuning in. And I thank you for taking the time out, of course, to listen to what we're having to say. I want you to know if you have any questions, you can go to info at theprophetsvoice.net. I'm going to say that again. I'm sure it's showing on the screen, info at theprophetsvoice.net, or you can go to the website, of course, www.theprophetsvoice.net. And if you want to, you can go down, scroll down to the bottom of the website, and you will get an opportunity to put your information in, and we will get back to you. Again, I am Elder Gwen Cohen, and we are walking through real life, real time, real talk with a very real God. Isn't that right, Marcus? Yes, chapter two, and I am so excited. Are you excited about yes, chapter two? I am excited. <laughs> what well, we talked about chapter one was how did I end up here at yes. our last opportunity to get together. Now in chapter one, we are talking about why does it seem I'm always overlooked? Oh my goodness. Mm, you know, when I had this real talk, real life, real talk with God on this particular chapter, uh, as I say in the book, sometimes the answer isn't always what we think it's going to be. Amen. Um, we are we can ask God questions. The disciples asked him questions. The Pharisees asked him questions. The people asked him questions. I know sometimes we grew up in an era where we were told we could not question God. But he says, ask. Yes. (laughs) Ask. He said it. He said He said in his word, ask. And so we're asking questions of God. But guess what? We may not get the answer that we always think that we are. Very true. And the reason it's real life, real time, real talk with a very real God is so that we will open up and be really real with God because he knows how we really feel anyway. That's right. So I wanted to open up just with the first portion of the book, Mm -hmm. that of the chapter, Why Does It Seem I'm Always Overlooked? Um, And I wondered this. uh, uh, I'm going to say this. At one point in my life, I wondered if I would ever be successful, complete with the right spouse, the right house, the right kids, the right amount of money in the bank, the right job. I know there's some of you out there that feel that way. Everything had to be, you know, got it right. Mm -hmm. Like Goldilocks in the story of the three bears, I was going to try everything until it was exactly right. Then I got saved. Come on, somebody. Uh, And the real came in. And the real came in. (laughs) And it appeared as soon as my world citizenship 
change for kingdom residency, everything that propelled me into worldly success became an albatross around my neck. Anybody feel that way? Suddenly I wasn't supposed to be confident. I wasn't supposed to look younger. We won't talk about age. I couldn't speak (laughs) as well as I did. I was stuck up. If I held my shoulders back and walked straight, I was arrogant when I articulated and enunciated words. Marcus, you know what I'm saying on and on. It was always something wrong with me. It seemed that gifts, anybody out there feeling that way, Mm -hmm. talents and abilities, which served me well in the world were now ostracized, criticized, and demonized in the kingdom of God. The one place I felt I could be all God called me to be was now a place of fear, trepidation, and anxiety. Oh my goodness. You just said so, so much to me. And reason being, um, a lot of people may not know, but I do poetry and, and, you know, and some rap and stuff like that. Yes. And um, it's- And well. uh, Thank you. God bless you. And it's a God-given gift. I mean, he gave me the gift. It's Mm -hmm. not something that I woke up one day and said, you know, I think I want to do this. Honestly, it's been a part of me since I was young. My mom said I had a, a poem in a book or something when I was like, in the second grade or something. Wow, awesome. so, I, so I just really love that, that you know, that aspect of using words to express yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I first came into the church, um, my gift was not received very well. Wow. Um, as a matter of fact, there are a lot of places it was not received at all. And I was even told that, uh, that it was uh, of the enemy. Wow. That it was not of God. And wow. so, yeah, I went through a lot of, you know, the trepidation, all, all the things. That's just, right. I went That's through right. a lot of that. Yes, That's ma'am. Right. Yes, ma'am. And it really, if you're listening, you understand or you're watching, it always has to do with why am I always overlooked? And that was the question that I asked God. Wow. And it was a very interesting answer that he gave because I, let me tell you, I kept getting overlooked. And for me, the kingdom became a prison mm. rather than a place of freedom and liberation. I'm going to say, this, I allowed others to determine my value and my worth. Mm. I'm going to say that again. Say it again. Are you allowing others in the kingdom to determine what your value and your worth is? Wow. That all of the gifts that God gave you, I became, I say here, I lost confidence in myself and my faith in God and what he had loved me enough to give me. The kingdom had become a prison rather than a place of freedom and liberation. And guess what? I kept getting overlooked. Wow. Wow. You just said a mouthful once again. And and this, you know, just reading through, I took a couple of notes and I took one particular note right yes. there. Share. And, um, and, you know, it brought me to Matthew 6 and 33. It, it, you know, we often value creation over the creator. Wow. And that is what was happening with me. I was I was taking into consideration, deep consideration, mm-hmm. what the creation was saying, mm-hmm. but I wasn't going to God and getting my validation ah, from God. And so yes. um, seeking God and the kingdom first mm-hmm. positions us to see ourselves and others more clearly mm-hmm. to balance our perspectives. That's good. That's good because in that, I said, I first blame God for being overlooked. Oh, wow. Wow, Because we go into this place, into the kingdom, um, and we have expectations. That's right. So I had expectations for promotion. I had expectations for elevation. But because I was letting others uh, determine my value and worth, God, I became dormant and diminished. Oh, wow. I turned into what I called a shrinking violet. Oh, my I goodness. was second guessing myself. 
anybody out there that you're second guessing yourself, you you became a shrinking violent, you became dormant because you went into a space expecting to be free, expecting to be liberated and found yourself in a place where you were ostracized or your gifts were uh, 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 demonized mm-hmm. in some respects mm-hmm. in the kingdom of God. Yes, ma'am. And then I want to say at first I blame God for being overlooked. Well, he's the big boss. So, you know. <laughs> Uh, naturally, you you want to look up to the right. high. It, it's got to be your fault. It's right? got to be your fault, God. Yes, I did. God, you put all this in me, and now you won't put me in a position to use it. Mind you, I ta- coined a phrase called. I love this phrase that the self-imposed diminished ability. Oh my goodness, I love that because of what other people said, mm-hmm. because of how other people operated, because I saw people who may have had what I considered lesser gifts. I still operated in a place of self-imposed, diminished ability. And you know what that creates, Elder? That creates a false humility. Ah, come on now. And we really don't realize how dangerous that could be. Yes, yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, Yes, that I operate in a space of false humility. I didn't want, I I felt like um, I can't do this because I don't want to make them feel bad. Mm -hmm. Or I can't say this or I can't operate like this because I don't want somebody else to feel less than. Mm -hmm. And I'm all the time wondering why does it seem I'm always being overlooked? That was the question. (laughs) Why am I being overlooked? So I said then, okay, mind you, I'm working in a place of self-imposed diminished ability. Then I blame the people in the area I serve. They don't like me. Mm -hmm. They're jealous of me. Yeah, that was probably true, but I was still operating in a place of self-imposed, I want to say self-imposed now, Mm -hmm. diminished ability. Mm -hmm. And then next, I blame the prophets I met who spoke (laughs) over over me. Come on now. I blame the prophets who spoke to what was in me. It was their fault. I was being overlooked all the while still operating in self-imposed diminished ability. Marcus, what do you think self-imposed diminished ability is? Well, I mean, like I said, the false humility comes to mind because basically you're canning those goods that should not be canned. Oh, I like okay? that. Canning those goods. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah you know, th- this is not supposed to be canned and stored on the shelf. God gave you this for a reason, mm-hmm. but it's not others and it's mm-hmm. not God who's doing the canning. That's right. It's you. This it's is you. It's self-imposed. Right. And then the fact that the diminishing part speaks so highly of us trying to, once again, in, it put in that place of humility because we don't want to be, you know, come across prideful or boastful or, or, you know, too big for the room or for the occasion. Ooh, say that again. You know? Too big for the room or oh, too big for, for the, the occasion. occasion. Yes, but didn't I understand, if I'm, I'm, I'm correct in understanding the scripture that tells us he will do exceedingly abundantly, abundantly. all that we could ever ask or think That's according right. to the power that works in us. That's right. So when we diminish ourselves, are we diminishing the power that God has given us? We're definitely not doing uh, God any favors okay (laughs) by acting like that no because that is not his will for us that's not his will i said and then um i blame it was their fault i was being overlooked then i blame my circumstances well god if you would advance my platform i would be recognized all (laughs) while working in a place of self-imposed diminished ability wow can i say something here i think that for our listeners for our watchers you've got to ask yourself are you operating 
operating in self-imposed diminished ability. When you ask yourself, why am I, why does it seem I'm always being overlooked? Mm -hmm. Now you have to turn that question. And like I said, when you ask God questions, he gives answers. And sometimes the answers are not answers that we like. They're not answers that we were expecting. It's funny how the, how the creator brings it back like to the creation. <laughs> That's right. That's it's right. like, wait a minute, you're asking me why you're being overlooked? I'm asking you, why are you operating less than <laughs> what I've created you to be? I'm not talking about operating in arrogance. I'm not talking about being boastful, like you said, Marcus, right. or walking around thinking you're all that, a bag of chips and a soda and a correct, cookie correct. on the side. What I'm saying is that God has placed gifts in us. That's he has right. given us an, a, a value. He has given us purpose. That's right. He has given us gifts, and we should operate in those gifts for the body of Christ to promote the kingdom of God. That's right. Rather than walking around. <laughs> Oh my goodness! You know, I, once again, I, I'll go to it to a note here. Yes. Um, and uh, Jeremiah one and five, just thinking about how he knew us before he formed us. Yes. Right. And and you know, we all understand God to be who He is, yes. all knowing. So there's nothing that we can hide from Him, as you said earlier. He mm -hmm. knows what you're thinking anyway. Mm -hmm. He knows what's inside of you. Um, mm -hmm. but I was thinking one's true worth can only be found in its purpose for existing, which in turn can only be found in its creator. I love that. So say that again. I'll say it one more time. Yes. One, one's true worth can only be found in its purpose yes. for existing, which in turn can only be found in its creator. Before I formed you in the womb, mm -hmm. I knew you. Mm -hmm. So before any influence mm -hmm. or opinion, mm -hmm. doubt, pride, want, need, desire, any, before any of that stuff, yes. God knew you. Right. And everything that he put inside of you and the purpose that you have all locked up inside of you. So you might as well... <laughs> Get with him and, and, be. and be you, wow. the whole you. That's good. I think about Psalm 139. We talk about being fearfully. David talks about I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes. But there's a portion of Psalm 139 that has always intrigued me. David says, I think somewhere around the 16th or 17th verse, all the days of my life. Wow. were written in your book before I even knew them. Wow. And, and, and that has blown my mind when yes. I think about our journeys, when I think about our struggles, when I think about our trials, tribulations, whatever you want to call them, difficult situations, adversity. David says, all the days of my life, all of the adversity that I went through was written in your book before I even knew that that was going to happen to me. Now, I know that'll cause some kind of trepidation and kind of thought process in us mm -hmm. when we think about that. Because when we think about all the trials and tribulations and stuff that we went through, when you think about the rape, the molestation, mm -hmm. when you think about everything negative that happened to you, understanding that it was written in the book before you even knew it, which meant now there's a chapter in that book Yes. That God had already written that says, I know you're in from your beginning. And you are more than a conqueror. Right, right. So, you're more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in you than he that is, that is in, in the, the world. world. That's right. So why would we want 
to be a victim when there's already things in our life that that really validates us being a victim okay mm -hmm. so why would you want to self-impose victimhood ah that's okay? right and it was designed to bring out who you were that's in right in other words it wasn't designed for you to be a victim it was designed for you to be victorious that's right you and better so say the it. <laughs> understanding that you're overlooked has everything to do with you that's it right. has nothing it really doesn't have anything to do with god because he has he has he wrote the book what that's i right. love about it but he wrote the book. And when Jesus came, the great thing about this book is, you know how you're reading a book and you want to refer back to the to the first chapter or the second <laughs> chapter in his book, all that's erased. Wow. <laughs> that when you you can't you can't go back. That's right. To the first chapter and find the stuff in the first chapter because those pages are blank. That's because right. Because once Jesus came on the scene mm -hmm. and we accepted him as our Lord and Savior, mm -hmm. as we allowed him to come into our heart, say the say the prayer of salvation, let him come into our world, then something happened. A great eraser came. Yes. And everything that had been written prior to that moment has been erased. Now, I'm going to tell you what we need to stop doing. What we need, we to, need stop. to We need to stop going back and picking up those pages and trying to read retrace what's already been erased. Oh, I like that. Say, He's already you, dealt that's, with that. That's a rap right there. Retrace <laughs> was already been erased. Retrace was already been erased. Retrace was already been erased. Okay, that's a sermon. That's a poem. That's a book. That's a oh rap. That's a whole lot of stuff. I we need it. to do a play on retrace, retrace was already was erased. already been erased. Already been Chasing erased. Chasing those pages. Just in those pages. Mm -hmm. And so the reason we are overlooked is because I go again with self Self-imposed, diminished ability. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. I think it was, I want to quote and say it was Tyra Banks who said, never diminish your light for anyone else. Wow. I, or something, so I may be paraphrasing, mm -hmm. but those of you that follow and know her, I believe it's, a, she said, never diminish your light. Mm -hmm. And I may have even quoted it in the book, never diminish your light for anyone else. In other words, I don't care how people come against you. I don't care how people ostracize you. Mm -hmm. uh, any of, I don't care how people um, don't recognize you. You must still operate with humility mm -hmm. in the gifts and the anointings that God has given you. That's right. That's you exactly must operate right. in those. That's um, right. And I said this, I said, um, then I blame my circumstances. Yeah, you advance my platform or get me to another <laughs> church or let me serve somebody else or let me go to another space. Or if I was over there in that ministry, they would recognize who I am. If I was over there in that ministry, they would uh, 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 see who I was. We do that so often that we operate in this self-imposed, yes. diminished ability. Yes. It's self-imposed, y'all. You right. have decided that what you have isn't great enough to come forth. You've decided that what you have should not be seen. You've made the decision that what you have isn't of value. Now, how in the world, Marcus, do you tell the creator of the universe huh? who thought enough of you to shape you and mold you and blow the breath of life in you mm -hmm. that what he blew in you has has no value. That makes no sense whatsoever. And you know what? I'm sitting here, uh, Elder, and I realized that uh, Tyra was in the book. Uh, Matthew 5, 14, uh, we'll, we'll read 14 here. Uh, he says, this is the NIV version. Yes. You are the light of the world. Yes. A town built on a hill cannot be 
hidden. You know, you must have been in our conversation <laughs> with a friend of ours coming up the road because that was the conversation that Elder Elliot and I need to acknowledge him, y'all. Yeah, the right man here is in the house. In the studio with <laughs> us. Come on. I'm going to take the words of my friend who is an apostle who says he's the butter on my biscuits, <laughs> the hot sauce on my chicken, and the syrup on my pancakes. But um, I deviate. <laughs> I call him the <laughs> man with the... That's what happens when he's in the room, Elder right. Elliot Cohen. I call the him the legend. man, the man, the legend, the man with the million dollar wall. That's, that's right. That's Elder. I tell him all the time I married him because he's rich. Yes, I did. I married him for his money. But anyway, <laughs> back to us be operating in this self. I had to give the prop yeah, out to y'all. That's right. I have that's to, right. To my husband. But, but, but to us operating in the self-imposed, diminished moment yes. where we, we put this on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think there's another reason for that. I think part of it is to, I know for myself, was I didn't want to do the work. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> operating in the fullness of what God has called us to be in the fullness of time requires work. That's a lot of it work. It requires pe- preparation. It requires study. Yes. It requires, we, and, and it also requires that we engage the warfare that is necessary to grow us. Wow. That is necessary to um, um, cause, uh, to mature us. That's right. And bring us to a place of spiritual maturation. Wow. And we don't want to do that. No. So we, I, we don't, I don't mind being an usher when God's called me to preach. <laughs> I don't mind uh, being on the hospitality committee when I'm supposed to be an intercessor. Right. I don't mind um, um, just uh uh, 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 being the 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 um being the one that uh, what do I want to say? I don't mind working with the children's man. There's nothing wrong with those things if you've been gifted and called and to do them and you do them in a spirit of excellence. That's but it. when God has called us all to greater, okay. And I think I have a quote that says God wants to do greater in us, mm-hmm. but we have to be we have to operate in the greater. That's right. We have to be willing to do the work that is necessary for us to step into the space. That's Prior right. to them encountering the serpent and having the conversation, we really didn't have to work it. We could say it just like he said. That's right. And there it, and was. There it was. But once the conversation got changed. That's right. And that's a whole nother story. A whole nother. Because he asked them, you know, <laughs> this is a tree of good and evil. They already knew the good. That's they right. didn't have to deal with it because they already knew the good. But once they got into the, had the conversation and changed their language, mm-hmm. now we're in a space where there is some work we have to do. That's the right. The toiling of the ground, the laboring of the ground. There's work that we have to do. That's right. And so when we say, when when the scripture tells us in Genesis, the now the ground you will toil, it means this earth. That's us, right. Us. Because we're made of the earth, dust of the ground. Now we have to dig out of us that's right. what God has placed inside of us. And I that's think right. sometimes we don't want to dig. No, we don't want to dig. You know, but the, the crazy thing about it, Elder, is I was on the opposite end of the spectrum. Mm. I didn't mind working. I was afraid of failure. Ah, were you afraid of failure? Were you afraid of success? Probably a little bit of both, if I be honest with you, mm-hmm. because with mm-hmm. success comes a lot of opportunity to fail. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Come on, talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. and so I was struggling. And 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 if I be candid, 100% honest with you, it's something that I still deal with yes. at times. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I wish that we could just do things and 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 operate the way God wants to operate and not have to worry about, once again, 
creation. Mm-hmm. You know, just deal straight with the creator, <laughs> right? But it doesn't work that it way. It does not work that way. It does that not way. work that way. So we got to be willing to do the work and have the faith to stand on the work, mm-hmm. no matter what's going on around us or who has an opinion about what. Exactly. And that's what's so phenomenal about it is that, but but then we we see it as work, mm-hmm. but because we're gifted to do it, once we start doing it- Oh, you just flow. You flow in it. Yes. And suddenly you're thinking, well, this, I thought this was going to be a whole lot of work. It's like writing the books. I didn't want to write. <laughs> I tried everything. When I tell you I tried everything, for those of you out there, I need you to write. We need to- Oh, man. Those of you that have books in you, please, I need you to find a way to get started. That's right. I need you to write. You can uh, turn, if you have Microsoft, if you have Microsoft Word, go Go up to the right-hand corner, hit the little dictation, (laughs) and just start talking it out. It'll type it out for you. And then you can go through the process of making it work. And I want to tell you at theprophetsvoice.net, we we don't have a problem. If you got a a book that you got in you, we'll help you. That's right. We will. We want to believe. Ope Media Productions will help you. That's right. The reason being is because we need to leave a voice for our generation, and we need to leave legacy. That's so good. Uh, leaving, this is leaving words for our children to read mm. so they can read about our struggle. They can read about the fact that we place self-imposed limitations on ourselves. They can read about how we were able to conquer that, how we finally made the decision. Should have made it a whole lot sooner. That's right. I ain't as young as I used to be, um, to be able to step into and do what God has called us to do. Yes, ma'am. I'm challenging you that are listening to us. Do what God has has called you to, to do. That's right. You don't have to be fearful. You don't have to be afraid. Is it going to be a challenge? Yes. yes. And the only one that can stop you, let me say this, you can't blame the bishop. You can't blame the apostle. You can't no, no, blame no. the fivefold ministry. <laughs> you can't blame the praise team. You can't blame the choir. You can't blame mama and daddy. You can't blame anybody except for yourself. That's right. No one can stop you but you. That's right. You can't blame the trauma that you had. That's right. You can't blame what went on through your life. If we could stop and talk about trauma, we'd have a two-hour oh, show my going goodness. on. Yes, I'm talking about just the trauma me and Marcus have experienced that, that, in our it. lives. Just that. Just that. <laughs> but I'm saying to you, and and of course, to Elder Elliot, the trauma we've experienced, we could spend a, two hours talking about Easy. it. What I'm saying to you is we refuse to let that stop us That's right. because we know that God has called us to be greater. And guess what? Once you start trying to doing the greater, you ain't got to worry about being broke. All right now. You better say something. <laughs> Are you going to have some challenges? Yes. But guess what? Every He gave you the power to create wealth. That's right. What is that in? That is in what he has called you to do. Am Correct. I right, Mark? Yes, ma'am. 100% right. And I'll say this on top of just a little icing on top of that Come beautiful cake. Come on now cake, with the icing that, on the that cake. That beautiful cake that you just presented for us because it, it, I'm getting a big slice of this. <laughs> um, you know, if I could say one thing, I would say this right here. With all of the trauma, okay? for that time that that person put their hands on you and wasn't supposed to do that. Mm. For the time that the people dogged you out and said the things that they shouldn't have said about you. Mm -hmm. From the time that you went through the struggles that you went through mentally, physically, emotionally. Mm -hmm. Why would you not Mm. want to be victorious and live out the purpose that God has for you? You owe it to yourself. It is your right to walk into that. Mm -hmm. And for everything that you've been through, This is your moment. This is your time Mm -hmm. to come through and to be overcomers Mm -hmm. of all of that. 
Mm-hmm. So why not? Why not? Why not walk out the purpose for you? I'm going to take a moment. Yes. That was that was I, I I'm a little emotional about it y'all because it when we do decide to walk out the purpose suddenly I know the other day I was saying to Elliot you walk outside and it's brighter outside. Yeah. It seems like things that would normally work your nerves or get on your nerves. Don't bother you because you're walking in promise yes. and you're walking in purpose. You've made a decision that no matter what, come what may, I'm going to walk out the purpose that God has for us. The word tells us the steps of a good man are ordered, ordered by the Lord That's right. and he delights That's right. in, in, their way. in their way. I'm here to tell you that if you, you're you wondering why you're always overlooked, come on, start walking in the steps <laughs> that God delights in. That's start right. walking in the purpose and the promise. And that's what we do at The Prophet's Voice. That's we right. believe in helping you bring your purpose to life. We believe in prophetic coaching that aligns what you do, what God has called you to do with with your life yes. and separating vision and fantasy because yes. we can fantasize we sometimes sure can. We about sure can. what we want God to do for <laughs> us and to help you reclaim your legacy. And with OP, OP, OP Media, yes. what they're going to do, oh, I love it, is that they can take your story, take it off the page and work it out on the stage That's and right. people can see everything that you dealt with, but they can also see how victorious you are. That's right. I want you to know this. I want you to know this, that God wants you to work all everything yes. that he has promised for you. That's right. I refuse to get to glory, Marcus, and have the Lord show me stuff I didn't do. That's I right. want to leave the world empty. You know what? I may come up short in a few areas, uh-huh. but that's not one of them. That's I not going to be up. one no, of them. I, I, I told the Lord, I said this right here. I was I was uh, my early 20s. And uh, and I said, I said, God, use me until I'm all used up. Ah, good. And there's nothing else left for you to get out of me and then bring me home. And then bring me home. <laughs> well, I, and that's great. I want to, as we are winding down, I just want to read this last little paragraph. Yes. I think it'll sum up everything that we've talked about yes, today. Ma'am. It says, could being overlooked, remember now the question is, why does it seem like I'm always, always overlooked? overlooked? Could being overlooked have nothing to do with others, but with our refusal to operate in the fullness of who we are in God? Is being overlooked related to our fear of people and their thoughts about us if we stood in our established authority? Could it be we've cast our confidence away instead of being all God has called us to be, no matter where we are and who we're with? Perhaps being overlooked has everything to do with how we see ourselves. Then due to our own devaluing, those who need to see us don't because they're looking for who we really are. Thank you. Wow. (laughs) For joining us here at The Prophet's Voice. And I am here with my friend Marcus Mooney from Opay Media (laughs) Group. We will be back for the next chapter of The Prophet's Voice. I'm Elder Gwen Cohen, and you can reach us at www.theprophetsvoice.net. Just know that perhaps you being overlooked has everything to do with you. (laughs) 